I try to help people kind of become more authentic with themselves and more in tuned with themselves. Does this really feel right to you? Does this feel okay? Is this the way that you want to be treated? Now, why is confrontation so hard to successfully execute on with our work and personal relationships? Stacy and I give our thoughts and we also dig deep on analyzing how our relationship with ourselves plays a key factor in our relationship with others. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat So what issues do your clients typically um, approach you with, you'd say? So I work primarily with women. That's most of my caseload. I should have had you on for Women's Health Month the other month. I had all these women on. (laughs) Oh, yes. We could have talked about the pregnancy and postpartum period. Yeah, yeah. Next year. Okay. I'll be here. But um, (laughs) yeah, I work primarily with women and... um, with moms or, you know, people who are in like the perinatal stage, Mm. right? Pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, postpartum. And I also work with a lot of people with trauma and a lot of stuff tends to, um, kind of intertwine. So I work with a lot of young people because they're coming to me for trauma. And with that can also come with, you know, the LGBTQ community and things like that. So my main focus is our moms and trauma, but I have all these other little things. Yeah, you have a wide palette. Yes. Yeah. Is there like one commonality that you would say that they all share or at least like somewhat share? I mean, like you said, trauma. Is there one part of trauma that they end up reaching out to? Because I got to think that there's some sort of stressor that makes someone go, okay, I'm stopping what I'm doing with my life right now and I am going into therapy. So a lot of what happens is they wind up having issues in the relationships because Mm. of like dating relationships. So, you know, changes in the marriage that can happen as a result of the Mm. postpartum depression or anxiety, having kids or trying to have kids can add a lot of stressors into the relationship. And a lot of that can cause trauma for people. What part of trauma you said, uh, I believe younger people started coming to you with trauma issues, right? Uh, sometimes people don't even realize that they're dealing with like relational trauma where it's become so norm because it feels very normal. Right. So parents that are like picking on them constantly throughout their whole lives or yelling at them or things like that, you know, it feels like, Oh, like that's just the way that it was. It's normal. It's whatever. And it was their normal but it impacted them in a negative way where, you know, they might start acting that way in relationships or they might wind up in relationships thinking that that kind of behavior is okay or because they don't think that they deserve, right, anything different or anything better because that's just kind of the way that it is. 
Yeah, and they end up not they end up realizing that those methods of dating or their relationships end up not working because of there's consequences. Obviously, people don't want to stay with somebody who is yelling at them during a fight, like uh, you know, the old married couple where everyone sees yelling at each other at a restaurant or fighting or communicating like that. Um, that typically isn't something that you would, the average person would deem as being okay in a relationship now. Mm -hmm. Or the person on the receiving end is not, to them, it's not bad enough to leave. Mm, that's a good way to put it. It's not bad enough to leave. Yeah. Like I've had clients talk to me about, you know, their experiences in relationships and we kind of explore like what's keeping you in the relationship. And I've heard from multiple people like, well, it's not like they hit me. Or it's not like they did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though they're feeling horrible about themselves, right? <clears throat> or they're suffering and hurting in the relationship, they don't feel like it's a good enough reason mm -hmm. to walk away because they didn't do anything like horrendous enough. That makes sense. I was speaking with somebody about another individual that I was saying is maybe not the greatest communicator and things, maybe isn't like the greatest human in the way they treat other people mm -hmm. and the person i was talking to eventually met that person and you know just like a handshake type of uh encounter and she was like oh yeah he's not that bad at all and i was like because he didn't like spit in your face or smack you in the face like yell at you like all he did was just like not do anything to you and you thought that that was that you you viewed him as a in a positive light just because he didn't do those things and i'm like really just because somebody doesn't do things to you, you shouldn't like put that person on a pedestal at all because they're not doing negative things. Yeah, pretty much. And how do you, how do you help people really like understand a different perspective to where they realize like maybe that that's not a reason to stay in a relationship or to like stay in a job or to keep something around that's just not like abusing them. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I try to help people <clears throat> kind of become more authentic with themselves and more in tuned with themselves. Mm -hmm. Does this really feel right to you? Does this feel okay? Is this the way that you want to be treated? What if this was your best friend, right? And you were watching this happen. Would you be okay with them being treated like that? What makes it any different for you? Why is it okay that you're treated that way? So, you know, having people explore and get curious, not judgmental, but curious about it. Why am I allowing this? What is going on with me? What is this from? Why do, why do I think that this is okay or I don't deserve anything better? Often will open up, you know, um, an opportunity for them to start to become curious enough to maybe make some changes. And I can also be very direct and tell them you can leave just because you want to. Yeah. And sometimes they just don't even realize that. And they probably have never had somebody tell them that before. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're dealing with like people whose parents are involved in any way. Mm. And there's the, well, I'm only, you know, you're only getting older or they seem nice enough. Like there's not the, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Does this feel good to you? Right. It's, yeah. are you following the social norms and getting married and putting yourself in a position to have children? 
is a lot of the times what can happen as well. So which when you deal with people that then want to please their parents makes it really hard for them to step into what feels authentic and good for them because they don't want to disappoint. Mm. I know that's a big thing in the Asian cultures um, with not wanting to disappoint their parents. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I watched an interview with um, an Asian, uh, male, I think in the, like his twenties or thirties and Gary V was trying to like, tell him like, Oh, like, you know, have, have you, you know, Gary V mm-hmm. he's a social media influencer, but like an older guy, like an entrepreneur, but a very, uh, a relatable guy where, you know, he's, he's talks with everybody. He goes out, he doesn't just like, you know, stay in mansions and stuff and then talk from, you know, podiums. And he was telling the, the gentleman like go out do what you want to do try things and the the asian guy said i will when my parents are no longer here like when they die because he didn't want to disappoint his parents that bad and i have to say like there's like i especially in the culture today like i respect that so much like his his thought to his his elders and the the people sure. and taking into consideration that because I don't think today there's there's a, a lot of that but obviously when it's hindering your own career growth any go any growth I mean you might as well then just be your your parents then really you're not your own person at all if you're just right. taking that so you I mean it, you don't learn how to have boundaries nothing nothing yeah and do you do you find that one of these two things is more likely when you're speaking with somebody that that person a maybe just is ignorant to a lot of things in their life i think we're all that's why we do need a, a therapist or somebody third party thir- independently looking at it mm-hmm. do you think they just don't realize these things are happening or do you think that they are just they don't want to confront things they know what's happening but they would rather stay in that situation and not confront things rather than confront things, which brings on its own challenges mm-hmm. completely, especially if you're in like a dating relationship where now, okay, if I confront these things, it doesn't go my way. I might be by myself. I might have to do move out. I might be in, in a different, uh, have to do things for myself differently and really mm-hmm. grow. Or they're just, you know, they really, really just don't know or a combination. Combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people don't know what they don't know. So if you tend to be around people that are kind of experiencing the same things or they're around people that will make excuses because maybe it's uncomfortable for them to see their friend in an unhappy marriage or their parent to think about them going through a divorce or to end the relationship or whatever, you know, they're not necessarily going to get super objective, like advice, bringing it back to them, right? What feels good to you? What feels right to you? What boundaries do you need to set in order to bring yourself back to peace within yourself? Yeah. So that itself could be like, throw your entire life in a different function, you know, where you're like, Oh my gosh, what does it? Am I happy? Like, Am I happy the majority of the time? And then that just kind of like lights the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you seen have you seen some true growth from your clients when you do ask them those questions to 
weeks, months later? Is there anything, are they able to answer that question for themselves and then start acting on it? Yeah. I mean, I have quite a few people that I've worked with long-term, so I've really been lucky enough to see them from, you know, the beginning of their journey up until currently where they are now. And doing that kind of self-work and allowing yourself to be curious can sometimes kick up emotions, Mm. right? So you also have to work on, can I feel whatever's going to come up for me and allow it to be there? When they start to get in that place of, oh, maybe there is something I should look at here. Like, that's really cool because then they'll start to talk. Then they'll start to actually validate their own experiences and their own feelings versus being like, oh, things like weren't so bad or it's over and it's done. Well, is it like technically? Yes. But does it feel that way? Mm. Do you feel like you've moved on? And then at that point, they're no longer sitting, leaning back, they're edge of the seat, leaning forward, hands on the knees, talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. So like, even if people are not out, you know, um, setting super hard boundaries, like with their family or whatever, cutting off toxic relationships, if they're even starting to be willing to look at things or notice things and get a little bit more honest with themselves, that's a total win in my book because it just opens up more room for growth for them. Yeah. Our relationship with ourselves. If you want, if we could chat about that for Mm -hmm. a second, how does that really affect our other relationships? The way we kind of view ourselves, talk to ourselves, treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're wired for connection. We are wired to be in relationship, but a lot of times What I think happens is we wind up putting the responsibility of our wholeness and our enoughness on our relationships with other people versus understanding and really getting in alignment with that. Like we are valuable and whole and whole simply because we are right. Simply because we're alive, we have worth and value. Um, But it's hard to, it can be really challenging to get there because we'll have our stories about things that we've experienced in life, you know, and when we're little, we make everything about us. So we don't get played with at school. It's because we're bad or parent yelled or they divorced or something. It's, you know, in some way our, our stuff. So, um, you know, being able to recognize that and empower yourself to go, is it up to somebody else, whether I'm enough or is it up to me? Hmm. Even starting to have awareness around that, when you start to feel not good enough, you can start to reality check. Is that true? Or is this old stuff? Am I really not good enough because this person said or did something? Is that true? Yeah. Are we asking ourselves, do, do people generally ask ourselves that, that question a lot of the time? I don't know. I talk with my clients about it though. Yeah. I'll do it for my own self. If I have a, a tough experience and you know, my stuff gets kicked up, I'll <laughs> kind of reality check my own self of, does that mean it's true? Mm, okay. Yeah. I feel like I just ignore things. Like I'll just be like, I'll just like try to sweep it right off over my head as quickly as, as possible. I can and just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also one way to deal with yeah, things. Yeah. But you're you like, know. Daniel, you're going to wind up in my office one day. <laughs> I know lots of people if you need somebody. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, 
you know, sometimes I'll, it, it depends on, I think, the Who energy, are, yeah. right? And the energy that you're carrying around it. So if it's something that's really benign and it kind of just hits you like a little bit, you might do that. And it's, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Right. But something that feels a little bit more sticky, like you might need to take a second. But to take a second means to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. because you have to start to confront your own feelings around something. And who likes to feel not good enough? Yeah. You know, or to sit with that for themselves. Speaking of confrontation, um, I think I've found this a huge issue with the millennial generation, my um, generation, which I'm like, love talking about because they're the largest populated demographic right now mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be that way for like the next probably good to like 30 years, 35 years. So it's going to Millennials are going to dominate every sector. So it's like their personalities, their intelligence is going to dominate the country. And are you, I see on my own and and I've had it with myself too, where confrontation, even when needed, that is the one thing I think we fear the most in doing and not just like confrontation like oh you want to fight somebody or anything not a confrontation like that but just like confronting emotions or okay this person's clearly stepping over my boundaries that a lot of times i think have been set in that person's head but haven't been communicated to the other person or have been communicated to the other person and now they're allowing somebody to over those boundaries which is basically them being stepped over um, have you, what is your experience with working with millennials and seeing how they're able to deal with confrontation and also like any success stories that you have, where maybe like you've talked it over with somebody and then weeks down the line, they come back and they've been able to say like, oh yeah, actually, no, they, they're fine with it. I told them, you know, I set the boundaries, set the expectations and they respect it. And it's such a better relationship. Yeah. Even not only in relationships with like their spouses or friends or even their relationships with work, like setting bad, yeah. better boundaries around work, right? Not overworking crazy hours or being really mindful if they're overworking here to, you know, not to, to do it within context, right? If there's something that has to be done that has an end date, then being very mindful about that. Um, but to confront something means being uncomfortable. And when you generationally grow up with um, parents that are not teaching you how to feel your feelings and be okay with them, then you learn how to not be super comfortable with feelings. Yeah. Right. So to confront something is to feel something uncomfortable and people, a lot of times they just don't want to do that. They think it's easier to forget it or to like, move on or, but then they wind up harboring a lot of negative energy typically. And the part of the deal with like confronting something is you can still like confront an issue and have compassion toward the person that you're talking to. It doesn't have to be super hard. It can be like, Hey, you did this and it really upset me. And I wanted to let you know. Um, but the, the other issue around confronting is you don't know how the person on the receiving end is going to be. And unless people have some humility and self-awareness, people a lot of times will get very defensive. Well, I only did it because of blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm really sorry if I hurt your feelings, but I only did it because when at the end of the day, 
you know, are you hearing the person? Do you think that that's why a lot of people do physical fitness a lot? Because that allows them to, to a certain degree, express like that displacement of whether it's aggression or whatever their negative thoughts that they're experiencing that, all right, I'm going to go to the gym and, and I'll take it out there. Do you think that you're, you're seeing that that could be a possibility rather than actually expressing it to the exact source, which obviously like if you have a fight with your boss, there's only a certain level of, you know, aggression or, or coming back at them that you can really do without bigger consequences that would end up, yeah, you know, causing you more aggression, you know, but where, cause I, I was guilty of this myself where, you know, go to the gym or play some sports, express yourself, get it out. But is that really the ideal way of relieving yourself of all of these emotions when there's got to be some some part of you, obviously you do feel better afterwards, but some part of you that still remains. You still have that resentment towards that person or that situation because you haven't actually confronted it fully 100%. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't even need the other person in order to like confront it. Sometimes it's just having that, I don't know, internal dialogue or discussion with yourself around how was I really impacted? What is this really about for me? Why am I so hurt or whatever Mm. the situation is? And if it's like, oh, because I felt, um, you know, unworthy or not important, then the other person apologizing can apologize until they're blue in the face. That's not necessarily going to shift if it hit for somebody that way. It's not necessarily going to shift what happened to them. It'll feel nice that they apologize. Maybe they'll feel validated that their feelings are valid. But whether the other person says anything or not, their feelings are valid. Our feelings are always valid. So, you know, you can talk about it in terms of like going to the gym to get out aggression or going to the casino or going, um, doing drugs, drinking, um, shopping. I mean, there's a million ways that we try to get out of feeling, right? Yeah. So it really can can be just about anything. I think what's hard is people, you know, our feelings are meant to be felt. There's um, a really good book on it called Permission to Feel. Um, I forget the the author's name right now. But it's really good and it talks all about that. Um, but it's important that we learn how to embody whatever that we're feeling so that we can actually let it go. Our feelings demand to be felt, right? It's a whole experience in the body. Rather than trying to shove them down, because that would that makes a lot of sense the way you put it, because if we choose not to feel them like they're in there trying to be felt and when you push them down, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that's where like displacement really is born. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, I'll hear clients talk a lot. Like I'm so anxious. I'm so angry. I'm so depressed. And, you know, they really identify as it, right? Versus I I'm feeling very anxious right now. That is such a good point. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling whatever. And we can also experience more than one feeling at a time, right? So you could be anxious and excited or whatever. Um, But when I talk to my clients about stuff like that, I 
tell them to imagine like a roller coaster. And the feeling is like the roller coaster. Are you going to sit on it or are you going to watch it? Right. Mm. And so it's working on like, you know, trying to be more an observer, right? You're still going to feel it because it's your body, but not becoming it, not drowning in it, which a lot of times people don't even allow themselves to get to the first part of, I have a feeling because they're afraid that it's going to be too much for them. With the roller coaster though, it makes a lot of sense because you can observe it too, but on a roller coaster, any roller coaster in the world, you're going to feel extremely excited, scared, Mm -hmm. relieved at the same time when you're actually like go on a straight and rather than going upside down the whole time. Mm -hmm. So you are going to actually feel like like all those emotions Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I'm a lone wolf on this um i think with majority of 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 people my age because i'm very like almost the only identity i have is like anti-identity i guess because people when when people call themselves something i feel like they are putting on the uniform and now they're wearing that uniform and when somebody says i'm depressed like they're it's almost like, you know, saying I have pneumonia, you know, you're, you're taking on this entire responsibility that may not be the case and probably is not, especially if you had just came from a situation where most normal people would also feel what you're feeling, you know, obviously long-term and you know, when you're talking a month, two months, three months, and you're still feeling that that's obviously very different, but we're so like quick, so quick to just call us, call ourselves something um, to identify. And I guess it's, we're trying to reach for an answer. That might be it. But, you know, someone um, depressed or the anxiety, I, that's like one that a lot of people use a lot too, but it's, it's also like, it has to be in like proportions, you know, when I, I mean, I feel anxious even just like before the podcast, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is normal. I'm supposed to feel like this. It would be abnormal if I didn't feel like this. It would be abnormal if like, I just like had a guest come on and I was like, all right, yeah, no, this is fine. And I'm not <laughs> feeling anything. But what if it was like that? Can that be okay? Can yeah. you even take a step out of, you know, the assumption of it, how you're supposed to feel like, it's more of a, I just feel this way. Can that be okay? Being in the present. Yeah. Like this is what's happening for me in real time. Because maybe you weren't going to feel super anxious because we had chatted and whatever, you know, or maybe you did because you're like, oh, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more of the accepting and the allowing of whatever's happening in real time versus the judgment. And you can totally normalize things. It is totally normal to feel anxious before stuff like this but even if you didn't would it make it wrong no you're right does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. it does it does i think it's um our quick uh like any negative emotion we want to like just accept all the positive emotions and uh ditch the negative emotions get off me i don't want to feel you i don't want to feel you (laughs) i was listening um to tara brock on on a podcast and she had said something and it keeps like playing in my head and she said um who do you think you could be if, um, 
you understood your truth that nothing was wrong with you, something along those lines. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so true. Cause we're always looking to make ourselves enough, I think, or okay or normal or whatever in some capacity. And like, what if we're okay and enough and normal just as we are without all the judgment that tends to like play into it? Like what could people do? Who could they be? What could they accomplish for themselves if they stepped out of all of that judgment or all of that story about not being enough? Yeah. I've seen a lot of things um, with affecting women, actually. You're, you know, being predominantly mm -hmm. your clients with women being affected the most by like negative negativity on social media and judgment, especially um, because they're just compare, you know, the comparison, comparing themselves mm -hmm. and everything. And I, uh, makes a lot of sense why that is driving the unhappiness. Um, do you see that with a lot of your, um, female clients that that is maybe one of the biggest underlying issues that causes some sort of like, negative behavior and then you're just getting under the sheets getting under the sheets and then you discover it's probably because you feel judged every second of your life sure yeah especially because i work with moms and there's a million social media accounts there's a million mom influencers and you know all these ones about how to feed your baby and you know do gentle parenting don't do gentle parenting sleep train don't sleep train there is a total rabbit hole of ways to feel inferior, incompetent, not good enough as a mother <laughs> through social media. It is a really slippery slope. So, you know, I'll talk about that with the moms that I work with, especially when they're getting really um, insecure about their parenting. Like, wh where is this coming from? You know, nobody knows your baby like you. So we have to do a lot of like reality checking. Maybe we need to pull back on social media. Just pull back, yeah. 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 And or, you know, it's it's looking at, do you need to unfollow certain people? Yeah. What's at the end of the day, really, like what's going to help you keep your peace yeah. and trust yourself? It's very hard for people to trust themselves and to allow themselves to step into the role of being a parent when they inundate themselves with, a hundred different ways to do it. Yeah. I, uh, resonates cause I was like, I'm going to be 30 in September. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, why the fuck do I have a Snapchat still? I have Snapchat. <laughs> like, yeah. like that was the thing, like in, in high school, college type stuff. And then I'm like, I even think about that once in a while. I'm like, I don't even use this. I, I haven't posted anything in like, two years at least two to three years probably mm -hmm. and at that point it was probably just something i posted with friends and, and everything and mm -hmm. um I'm like why do i still carry it and then i just see um like facebook just comes out with threads the other day and i i see that now in everybody's instagram bio threads and i am cringing because i'm just thinking to myself really i don't think we need more of it. Like there's another social media platform now being pushed down people's throats. And it saddens me the rush of normal people that I see doing it. like people in, in the business where, you know, there are social media influencers and people like that. I, I get it. But now I, I see a, a lot of people that, you know, a hundred, 200 followers, it's just a casual thing. They've gotten threads. It's in their bios now. And I'm just like, man, you, you talking Twitter, Facebook, 
Threads now. Did I say Instagram already? I didn't say Instagram. Instagram, TikTok, and I'm just, I'm like, you can spend hours on these each time. And and another one, another one, it's just, uh, it's disheartening to see, especially because I we all know the result of it. Right. It's this really disconnected way to try to connect with other people. That's a good way to put it. It's very... Threads is just another... You know, and people can really, they really can form relationships through social media, but I don't know, like, how, how often that's, like, really, really happening, you know? So, it can definitely happen, but it's also more and more, more, more time consumption. And the more that you're attached to your screen, the less you're spending time with yourself as well. You know, that's true too. Cause the last thing I'm thinking about when I'm on Instagram is myself. Yeah. Cause you're looking, looking at, at everyone else's else. stuff. Yeah. You know, Oh, what happened here? What happened there? What's this person posting about? Oh, try avocados first for the baby. Okay. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's so stupid too, because especially here in, in Miami, like I'll, um, if I'm out with people or so, right. Like I'll know how that night was mm-hmm. like, all right, we go out drinks, whatever, come back home. Like it was nothing Hollywood mm-hmm. movie style, like night out where it's like, you know, very expensive champagne and it's an extravagant right. night. It's a very normal night. And then the next day I like wake up and so- a post from someone at that night with a picture of them. And the caption is, last night was a movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, that is so disingenuous because so inauthentic because I was there. I was there. You have a filter on your photos. You That's like the best take out of 12, 12 photos. And they're trying their best to project themselves in a certain light that is um, incorrect because they're describing their night emotionally as it being a, an amazing night. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing night. Mm-hmm. When it, I, I know it wasn't. It wasn't a bad night. It wasn't right. a bad night, but it wasn't, it wasn't that night, you know? Maybe it felt amazing for that. I know them, though. I know them. There's, there's, um, not so much. Not yeah. So much. And usually those posts, too, usually those Instagram posts where people really, you know, like, hey, this is like, it's an emotional thing. Usually, like, if it was, it's, it's a couple of days after where they're reflecting on it and, you know, they want to share it. But, like, you know, a post the next day, like at like 7 38 in the morning, it's almost like, they went out intentionally to post that is almost like where I'm like started, like my suspicions start. (laughs) And it's, it's fascinating. I think all that stuff is really interesting um, because it's like, who do you want people to think that you are and why aren't you just good enough as you are? Why do you need to, you know, portray all this other stuff which is a whole rabbit it's hole. a whole nother it's yeah, a yeah. whole rabbit hole for people what would you say if there is a general overlap here that you would say is the biggest emotional um problem affecting people today that you see come in i know you said a lot with trauma would you say it's trauma that is then leading behaviors in their life that they do not 
really fully understand why they're doing these behaviors when in reality it is the trauma that's causing them to do these um if it's behaviors or the way they're dealing with their relationships in life that they now are trying to change yeah i think the overarching thing that <clears throat> tends to happen is people with more relational trauma and you have the other you know big t trauma um of you know sexual abuse and things like that and i work with people that have dealt with that but there's still a relational component to that of you know betrayal and all sorts of things but um a lot of it tends to be like family issues that have um happen throughout their childhood and their life that they carry with them the way that they, or even relationships with peers, you know, being bullied or picked on and it's impacted the way that they see themselves. And so they are more likely to stay in toxic relationships or toxic friendships, or they ice people out really quick. Mm. Um, so it winds up coming out in relationship with other people. It doesn't mean that um everything looks horrible all the time like we we none of us really get through childhood unscathed we all have our stuff yeah. you know but it's the a lot of times they don't really understand like oh i'm icing people out because it's the only way i know how to protect myself from getting hurt again or oh i do this because of this and then when you don't have any awareness of yourself there's no opportunity for shifting it because if it's bothering them that they can't keep relationships in their lives, well, what's going on? You know, giving them space to just get really curious and really trying to step out of judgment is really important because their relationship with other people has impacted their relationship with themselves, right? And how mm -hmm. they see themselves. Am I worthy? Am I lovable? Am I enough? You know, am I deserving? All of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. The The question thing is something too, if for anyone listening, uh, is a really great tool that you can practice just with yourself on at home. I feel like I was just advertising for like at home gym equipment right there, but <laughs> you could do it at home. Yeah, well, but it, you, is, it is something you really- You can. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I'll tell my clients that are really struggling with the situation or really not liking how they're handling something. I'll tell them to put the whole situation up on a movie screen, right? And to look at it from a third, as like a third party, right? So it's not really you up there, it's somebody. Can you get curious? Well, why would they do that? Yeah. Why would they do that thing? Or why would they respond that way? Or what could be going on with them? Yeah. Because if you can step into more curiosity, you have opportunity for more compassion. If you have more compassion, things don't feel as heavy because you can understand I'm a human. Yeah, the empathy behind it, yeah. You know? No, it makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing for people to walk away with too, because, um, you know, compassionate is like the, especially in your stressful environment is the say like the best method for longevity mm -hmm. because you're not constantly fighting something. You're more accepting of people and that plays a role on those people too, where like, oh, that person's not acting like everybody else is when I treat them like that. They're actually acting the opposite, which is like with compassion and 
And hopefully those scenarios, that person realizes it and they don't decide to take advantage of that person and squash and them. They, <laughs> and they might, but yeah. it's still, that is still about that person and yeah. not about the person that, you know. It's a skill. It's really a skill to, um, because the, you're, you're battling your own emotions, you're battling your own fight and physiological response to lash back out. So, mm -hmm. um, Stacey, thank you for, uh, thank you for all this. Thanks for having me. You are amazing. Thank you. And I hope to, uh, link up down the, down the road and maybe we can chat more about, um, a women in postpartum and, um, and motherhood. Cause that is an issue that is going to definitely affect and is affecting millennials right now. Yeah. Seriously. Um, especially when you're talking, having kids later in life and and There's a lot a, more. There's that a, is a whole episode. <laughs> yes, that is a whole episode, which we will uh, link back up again soon. And um, we'll uh, see you down the road, Stacey. Awesome. Thank you.